Morning, Jason. Good morning. How you guys doing? We're doing well. How are you? Doing good. Can't complain. Did this finally feel like a normal week to you? Yeah, uh, we're getting back to what our, our form of normal is of whatever I guess the 2020 year is like for all of us. We're all figuring out figuring out that normal, but uh, yeah, we're getting back to it. So being able to get out on a practice field consecutive days, uh, being able to be in our building uh, has been a, has been a lot better of a week for us as a team. I know there's no excuses down there, but um, w- when you look at the lack of practice leading into Sunday. How much of an effect do you think that had on the team's performance? Uh, Jason. Oh, what's going? Uh, on? What, what's going on over there? Yeah, no, nah, sorry, just pulling, pulling in. Uh, still getting used to the 2020 season, so pulling what? into the stadium. The, ask the, my the, name, the, but uh, the dude, the the parking dude, doesn't know who you are. What's going? He should be well, fired. He has a twin, so he should he's got to make sure. He, he should be. He should be. Oh, he thought you were Devin. That's the issue. Okay. Yeah, that, that could that could be it, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's like you just said. I'm not going to say, hey, we didn't get a chance to practice, so uh, we lost the game. I mean, Tennessee didn't get a chance to practice, and they were able to go out there and win their last two games. Uh, but I do know for us as a team. Uh, you make a lot of headway and you improve a lot when you're able to get out on the practice field and go out there and actually practice. So I think for us as a team, it's big to be able to get out there, go against each other, compete, and get ready, not only for our opponent coming up on Sunday, but just to continue to stack good days so we can continue to improve as a team. For for us as fans, we're looking at Sunday as a, a must-win and the most important game of the season what has Bill been saying about it this week? Is is he is he saying the same thing? Uh, no, I don't think I've ever been uh, in a building where we go into a game uh, where you get 16 opportunities and you're just must win. It's about, hey, how do we improve today? Right, these are the things we need to work on. This is the way that we we're, we feel that as a team, as a staff, we can beat this team. So these are must, and these are the things that we have to do to win on Sunday, and it's up to us. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that we just keep we keep hitting those things. We keep making sure there are emphasis, a focus. So I think that's our approach that we have each and every week, and uh, nothing's changed from that perspective. We're all dialed in. We're focused on what are the things we feel like we need to do and to execute and the ways to beat the 49ers. Jimmy G coming back to town, it's always interesting to, to kind of – you know, face a guy that you know well, and what are some of the pros and cons going into that because of the fact that Jimmy G was here for so many years? Uh, defensively, you know, I think it's you guys will have a pretty good hand on what he does well and what he doesn't do well. Yeah, I think for some of the guys, uh, obviously, uh, Dev and some of the guys that have been here for a while, uh, I never got a chance to play with him or really uh, talk to him. But some of those guys got a chance to be around him and practice every day. So you got to see him kind of grow as a player. And from a staff's uh, perspective, you you kind of know him a little bit better. You know from the things maybe he did really well in practice. Maybe they haven't shown up in games. But you're like, hey, I know he can complete this pass. I know when he sees this, this is his thought process. Uh, so those are some of the things that can work for you. Uh, then at the end of the day, though, it was a few years since he's been here. So you got to turn the film on. You got to break it down. And you got to treat them against any player that you go out there and compete against. So I think from that perspective, it's been a few years now. So it's really about breaking down and see, all right, what are the things that the 49ers are asking of them? What are those things that they do well? What things that we struggle with? And you try to exploit those things. 
You talked about having fun this season with the media earlier in this week. How important has the addition of Cam Newton been when it comes to having a fun atmosphere, a fun vibe down there? Oh, good. Yeah, I think the offense would be uh, a better person to talk to. Uh, you know, we're all split so much. But just, I think, his locker room presence and who he is as a person, his personality, he's a fun guy. He's a guy who's loud. He likes to laugh. And I think that's, a, that's the type of personality that fits a lot of guys on our team. So that's why I think he's been able to come in here, gel well, and just fit in well because his work ethic is very high. He's an extremely hard worker. He puts the – he puts the hours in in the building, outside the building, and then he likes to have fun. And I think that's the approach that all of us have. And uh, we want to get back on the winning track because, obviously, it's a lot more fun when you win. Um, the fact that you're in your car and, and uh, pulling into the lot reminded me. The Broncos yesterday started to uh, essentially tell their players that they need to eat uh, breakfast, lunch, and any other meals in their car in the parking lot. And I know that uh, you were a guy who was uh, had some concerns about playing football during these unprecedented times. I'm wondering if you think that that is something that the that the Patriots ought to do. Uh, that's just part of a process of a protocol. Uh, we've gone through that protocol. There's times uh, when there's a positive or there's a, a, a different things that go on in the building that force us to say, "Hey, we have to uh, we have to continue under stricter guidelines." And for a period of time, we may need to get out of the incubation period so we can still practice and do things outside outside on the practice field. Uh, but inside the building, some things are limited. So we've had moments uh, throughout this season where we've all had to eat outside or eat in our car. So that's just part of the protocols moving forward. That uh, not That's why I said when you asked earlier about us not practicing, it's not an excuse because there's certain protocols and certain things that as a league, other teams, all of us may have to go through throughout this season. I'm an accomplished car reader. Uh, it's a skill. I mean, <laughs> I, you want it because oftentimes you'll have like, you know, a tomato from a Big Mac that will slip down in the console or whatever. So it, it is, it's you an just art pick form. It right it's, out. It's, an, it's an art form, Jason. Yeah, we better stay away from the Big Mac, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, th- I mean, once every, every once in a while. If you take moderation, if you, if you just have a bite, right. it's okay. Just one bite. Just, just one, one bite. just one tiny little yeah. bite. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Jason, have you been back to see your family at all since the outbreak in the locker room? Like uh and nah yeah I'm back at the house. So you are okay. We gave it a yeah we gave it an incubation period and then I've I've been back home since so uh, hoping that it, it stays that way. But the hotel is always ready uh, if there if there's something that comes up. Jason, you and your brother obviously do the podcast, so you guys have a lot of opinions on a lot of different things. OBJ said recently that you know uh, that Tom Brady is viewed differently. Uh, because of some of his sideline antics. I know you're a little bit calm, cool, and collective out there as a player. Do you feel like athletes are viewed differently based on who they are? Like where if OBJ has an outburst on the sideline, he's a diva, he's this. But if Brady does it, it's passion. Oh, man, that's such a, a layered question. But I think I think uh, for a guy like Odell, I don't know him personally at all to really be able to speak to uh, how he is as a person. I know from the outside looking in, I look at him as a tough receiver and a tough competitor. Uh, and I think that's what I see when I look at him on the field and he's mad. Um, you've seen Des Bryant. You've seen so many guys throughout their careers, uh, Tom Brady, lose their temper uh, on the sideline. And those are guys that want to win. I obviously got a chance to share the locker room 
uh, with Tom uh, for three for like was it two years. Uh, he's not a diva at all. Uh, he's a guy that he puts the work in. He grinds. He wants to be coached. Uh, so I, I can't really speak to uh, Odell because I don't know him personally. But from my personal opinion of him, I don't view him as a diva when he's had his outburst uh, on the sideline or whatever and he slams a helmet. I mean, just turn on any game on Sunday and the amount of guys that you'll see come off the field and slam a helmet. But that's just what it is when you're such a high-profile guy. Uh, people are going to uh, just pick at and try to break down every single thing you do. From a, from a player's perspective – how difficult is it, if it is difficult, or, or is it something that, that players don't pay attention to when somebody like uh, Stefan Gilmore hears his, his, his name as a part of trade rumors? Um, I don't know. Uh, I've never been of that statute, defensive player of the year. But I think um, for just players in general, when you hear that type of stuff, I remember being in Tennessee, I think this was 2015, and uh, Schefter and Ian Rappaport at that time were tweeting like, Jason McCourty's on the trading block, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> control the things that you can control. Like, you have no idea whether it's true or not. I remember once the deadline passed, our GM at the time came up to me and was just like, hey, there was no truth to that, total nonsense. But from when it came out to the deadline, you never heard anything from them. So, uh, obviously, there probably was something to it. But uh, I think for us, you can't take it personal because, hey, at the end of the day, if you're traded, if you're not traded – uh, you have to continue to play for that team. So you don't want to look at it a certain type of way because if you go out there and mentally you're kind of out of it because it is because of that, if you go out there and play bad, it affects you more than it affects the team. So I think you have to just realize this thing's a business. There could be some truth to it. There may not be any truth to it. But at the end of the day, you don't know and you won't know unless it actually happens. So you just focus on the task at hand and what you have to do to continue to play good football and move forward. One last thing for me, Bill said this week that George Kittle is as good of a tight end that has ever played in the in the league. Do you agree? Man, he's really good. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to go against anything Bill would say from a scouting standpoint. I mean, he's he's watched a ton of football, a lot more than I have. Uh, but George Kittle, from my experiences, he's uh, one of the best tight ends that I played against. Uh, when you watch him on film, a guy that can block in the run game. A uh, guy that can catch the ball, uh, can, we're watching the Philly game, he's able to run and catch a deep ball, runs right past a cornerback. So the type of speed that can do that. And then I think the last factor that makes him a really good player is how he, how he plays the game. Um, the tenacity and the passion in which he plays with, you can tell that when he's blocking. And more importantly, you can tell that when the ball's in his hand. I mean, he runs with an attitude. He runs angry and doesn't want anyone to tackle him. And he's pushing people, stiff-arming guys. So, you know when you get a chance to compete against him, you're going against the best, and you're going to have to be at your best. All right, Jason. Well, for us, it's do or die this week, but for you, <laughs> it's just another Sunday. So yep. I'm, 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 I'm glad that you checked in this morning. I know you got to run and go do your work, but thanks for being on with us. Hey, no problem. Appreciate you guys having me. All right. This message comes from NPR sponsor, The Together Fund, promoting Deval Patrick's podcast, Being American which asks, what does it mean to be American in 2020? In today's polarizing environment, Being American tackles that question head-on to find some common ground. Former governor, business leader, and civil rights lawyer Deval Patrick will host guests of uncommon wisdom with a goal of finding a reason to be hopeful about the country's future. Download Being American with Deval Patrick wherever you get your podcasts.